Hey everyone, welcome to Orange Crushing It, a weekly series dedicated to high drive, passionate and motivated individuals. I'm your host, Frank Clark, President and CEO of The Mr. Orange. This shows a weekly dose of business, life and personal development principles geared toward bringing out the adrenaline junkie and overachiever in each and every one of you. As a seasoned entrepreneur of over five companies producing hundreds of millions in revenue, I'm going to personally be sharing my stories of success and, of course, my life-defining massive screw-ups, <laughs> as well as featuring inspiring guests, business leaders, athletes, thrill-seekers who just truly want to walk their talk and make life happen. Stick around, and let's get crushing. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Orange Crushing It. My name is Frank Clark. I'm your host and the president and CEO of The Mr. Orange. Orange Crushing It is about the drive to be successful, the drive to win, the passion to be your best. And most of the time I'm talking about concepts that are around that. And sometimes I have the distinct pleasure of working with people and interviewing people that just really have their life together and are are crushing it on all levels. And today I go north of the border here to Canada, uh, one of my favorite places in the world. And not just because they're sorry for everything. But they just have the beautiful people up there. And I have a good, dear friend to interview today. Her name is Tina Gesso. And a little bit about Tina. She's the co-founder of Love in Sync. It's a new concept dating site. And it's launching this week, I believe. And the, the gist of it is for people that are passionate about personal growth. So they've taken a new spin on this. She also has a coaching subscription page called the Life Makeover Collective, which is awesome. Tina's passion for life has fueled her to go basically through personal transformations while achieving a really high level of success financially in her career. She's coached tons of people in her business to achieve financial success, as well as achieving top awards in sales and recruitment. She's thrilled to be interviewed recently by one of her top role models, this guy, Jack Canfield, the chicken soup for the soul guy. I think he did like chicken soup for everything. At one point, it was chicken soup for a bad day or whatever. Chicken, chicken soup for tomato soup. I don't know. It was a ton of those books. <laughs> Anyways, she was interviewed recently by him, and uh, she's also a passion test facilitator from the Atwood Passion Test Group. And so hopefully she'll tell us a lot about the passion test and how to pass the passion test, like where's the cheat notes on the passion test. I don't know. For many years, she has been very experienced, highly experienced, and especially in the online dating space. And she's going to be guiding the love and sync, love makeover to fill in those gaps of what it really takes to effectively help people achieve their goals in life and love. She is a Montreal Canadian fan. We do not hold that against her. And she thinks Tim Hortons is better than Dunkin' Donuts. Again, strike two. <laughs> I still love her to death. She's a dear friend, cute, sweet, and amazing. And you, can only, you can't see that on a podcast, but trust me, okay? She's adorable as hell, and she's a great friend. Tina, welcome to my show. Welcome to Orange Crushing It. Holy moly, what an intro. Thank you. I am thrilled to be here. I really am. And everybody should be a Montreal Canadian fan, even in COVID. Yeah, well, that, obviously you have the flu. You know, and drink, delirious. And, and drink, drink Timmy's at the same time. Well, Timmy's double-double, I got to say. is pretty damn good. So, Tina, welcome to the show. You have an incredible background. For our listeners, why don't you give everybody just a little brief history of who you are and what makes you so special? And, you know, (laughs) I mean, I could go on forever and ever, but I'd like to hear a little bit about you. Tell our listeners, you know, what your background is, how you got involved in personal development, how you got involved in dating site, you know, and then this life makeover collective. You're a pretty dynamic and diverse woman. 
Yeah. So life is all about passion, right? I don't know if if it's about how it all started, but uh, how I began, if you will, is in a small uh, fishing community, believe it or not, in a very small rural area of Newfoundland and uh, grew up in a very big family with, get this, Frank, 63 first cousins. 63. Well, there's a busy mother and father and uncle. (laughs) It's a busy family. Huge, huge family. And it was amazing, right? It was very protected environment. It was really a lot of fun. And anybody who knows people from Newfoundland knows that they're very open-minded and have an open heart and just the salt of the earth people, right? Well, so, open-minded, 63 kids, yeah. I guess you are really <laughs> open-minded. <laughs> long winter, spring, very long winter. <laughs> yes. Sorry for that. But, but I always felt there was more, you know what I mean? Being brought up in a very sheltered uh, background where there was really only one ethnicity, I just, you know, we had TV after all, right? I knew there was a lot more to the world. And after getting my business degree in uh, the university in Newfoundland, which is called Memorial, I decided I wanted to, to look further afield. So I wanted to learn French in order to improve my, you know, possibilities of finding a good job and having a great long-term career. So I moved to Quebec City, Montreal, or very close to Montreal. Quebec City is about three hours away from Montreal in the province of Quebec. And I can tell you, moving from Newfoundland or any other English province into Quebec is like moving to a new country, right? The way the government works is different. You have to speak French at every level. Like you're thrown into immersion 100% right from the get-go. So, yeah, I totally immersed myself in the French culture for a couple of years, learned French. And then I really fell in love with the diverse culture that's here and uh, decided to move to Montreal and not to move back home because I really wanted to be a part of this cosmopolitan city and uh, just to explore every possibility. So, yeah, so that's what brought me to Quebec. And then from there, I started working. I accepted a job in financial services. And get this, I had absolutely no money. I knew nobody in the city and I accepted a job at 100% commission. Wow, that's gutsy to do that. Well, you know what? It was such a great cause, I felt, because this company specialized in registered education savings plans, which helps families plan financially for the kids' education. And I had a huge student debt that I was carrying. And I thought to myself, my God, if I can help all these other families to help their kids so they don't start their careers that far behind because they have this huge debt to pay back, right? So I was just really passionate about that. I had no sales training whatsoever, but I was just following my gut the whole way through. I just knew this was going to work, right? And there was that coupled with the fact, and I think you and I have this in common, right, Frank, that we like to have unlimited earning potential, right? No, the sky is the limit is kind of like how I like to live my life. And even from that age, I knew that was, you know, I was like 23 years old. So I started working and no sales training whatsoever or background. And I just started killing it. Should I say crushing it? You were crushing it. You were orange crushing it. And that's the orange space too, is that at no ceiling, that no limits, right? Just keep going, keep going. Exactly. Exactly. You know, not that there were times when I was thinking, oh my God, what did I get myself into? You know, things aren't, weren't always going well, but it was kind of like burning your boats, right? I had nowhere to go, but up, I had no money and this was a hundred percent commission. So I had to make it work, but I wanted to sell with integrity because I knew that, and I had investigated this program and this company from A to Z, it was a great product. 
right? So I felt good about what I was doing and I knew I was doing. I felt like I was the kid's advocate. When I was going into those homes, I I wanted every kid to have the possibility for an education anywhere in the world, right? right? So I just kept running with that until... I was offered promotions and, uh, and I was receiving all these sales awards and stuff like that. And I said, this is a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just ride with this for a while. But 32 years later, here we are. Well, you know, and what you're talking about, Tina, is you mentioned RSPs. And for those in the States here that don't understand what an RSP is, that's equivalent to a 401k here in the United States or an IRA type of, you know, retirement savings program. And Again, getting people involved in that at an early age is vital. And, you know, everyone's like, oh, I don't have extra money. I don't have any, you know, it's, I, I'm blown away with how many people do not save for retirement and wait until they're 50 or whatever before they actually start and go, Jesus, I guess I'm not going to work forever. I better start paying attention to that. You know, so the fact that you get people involved at an early age, well, good for you, A, and B, it takes a good salesperson, or I won't call a salesperson, a person with integrity who knows how to influence. That's the spin I like to put on sales. And you obviously come from that place. And so um, I have no doubt that you'd be very successful. Yeah, but you know what? I think it's a recipe for success. You know, when you really true believes in something to your core and you're doing it with a lot of integrity, you can go really far. And that's how I train my future sales force because basically it's all about in sales or in anything that you do, if you're going to show somebody else how to do it or try to lead them as a sales leader, you have to have walked in their shoes, right? You got to walk your talk. And I never, never, ever asked my sales reps to do anything that I hadn't done myself. Get this, we used to have set up stands in the sales, in the shopping malls, you know, talking about our financial product. And in order to attract people, sometimes what we would do is we would take turns in a clown costume (laughs) to attract people to our booth. I was in the clown costume when it was my turn, attracting families to the booth. I'm telling you, we did everything. What I wouldn't give for a picture of that. I have. You have clown outfits. (laughs) I thought that was a Montreal Canadiens hockey suit, but I guess maybe not. Hey, hey, hey. hey. So clown suits and uh, Molson Triple X, was that part of the game too? (laughs) Little Canadian goose, you know? It was, and it worked, you know, it was, it was a good time and we paid our dues. I paid my dues, if you will. Right. And we had fun and it's really key. I mean, you're poking fun at me now and you know, I'm going to get you. I'm really going to get you for that. But uh, yeah, it's, it's really key to have fun. And uh, because I had done so much, I didn't have any qualms about asking my reps to do what I had done, right? Yeah, right. Be successful. I got a formula and this is how it works. And I'll guide you through it. I'll be there to support and mentor you. So I ended up creating three different sales agencies. I was ahead of my own agency. I built that up and then I built the company built for the company, three other sales agencies. So that did, you know, it did really well. And at the end of 32 years, I sold off very successfully. And uh, they nominated me to their Hall of Fame. They awarded me with a trip at the end. So it ended that part of my life really well. So So how do you go from that to the dating service? Was it the cruise they gave you? (laughs) (laughs) Ooh la la. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that would be interesting, a dating cruise, right? I'm sure they have them. Yeah, yeah. I decided that this time around, I wasn't going to do it on my own. So my best friend, Susan Hum, that you know very well, and I knew that we wanted to start a business together. 
I was a business coach and she was a life and love coach. Did extremely well. And we knew we wanted to start something together. So like a lot of good ideas, I'm sure, are born one night over a lovely glass of wine and a nice dinner. It was Susan's birthday, as a matter of fact. And then I was just on a dinner with your best friend. I was talking about my latest experience with online dating. And then I said, I actually pounded on the, my, my fist on the table and I said, you know what, if really, if I was in charge of these dating websites, this is how it would work because this type of behavior is not acceptable and I would be involved. She said, you know, oh my God, this is what we have to do, create our own dating website. So that's where the idea was born, just of all these experiences. And we've had lots of chats about this, right, Frank? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Dating experiences. Oh, yeah. Well, I got divorced uh, just a little over two years ago. So, you know, that was the first place I went to with instructions from my daughter on age limits that I could get go on. And, you know, do not take the, the bathroom selfies and limit the amount of shirtless <laughs> pictures. And please, no pictures with a fish. I don't know. You know what is that about that? Right. So, yes, I was schooled on the online dating scene. And it is horrific, <laughs> to say the least. And although my daughter did meet her husband on a dating site, so there is some good that come out of it. But I found the whole experience quite uh, quite interesting, quite different than what the great people represented themselves, which is very different than what you're doing with Love and Sync, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. So we took on my, because I've been divorced for 11 years. I've had a couple of long-term relationships in the meantime, but off and on between those significant relationships, I've been on and off online dating. So I've seen its evolution. It started in the late 90s. I was divorced in 2007. So I saw, you know, how it evolved from then. And it really has hit its stride right now. And, you know, they're saying that, you know, over 20% of marriages now is people that meet just like your daughter and your son-in-law, they meet online. And it's expected that that's going to rise to over 50% of most relationships are going to be formed from online dating. So it has a place, that's for sure. The only thing is, why not make it something that's, you know, more of a fun experience and more of an authentic experience and uh, one where you find people that match your values faster, right? Because it's a needle in a haystack out there. And the big ones like, you know, the Match.coms and OkCupid's and the Tinders and the Grinders and all that and Bumbles, you know, they're great. But man, there's a lot of profiles to sift through. Right. And a lot of them, I don't know if you've had this experience. How many dates have you gone on, Frank, where your date doesn't match who they are in real life, doesn't match your picture? Oh, almost all of them. <laughs> you know, almost all of them. I'm like, where did this come from? Yeah, I've had a, a few experiences. I mean, yeah, I had a couple of decent experiences, too. But for the most part, it's been a total misrepresentation. I wish and this is one of the great things that's going on right now a little bit with this pandemic. You know, we're dating via Zoom now, yeah. which is you get a chance to see the person and actually experience them, which kind of hits on at least two of the modalities, right? There's two of the five modalities. You've got visual, kinesthetic, auditory, gustatory, and olfactory, but really most people are visual, kinesthetic, or auditory. And the typical dating sites just hit the visual component, right? Unless yes. maybe you get lucky and get a chance to have a phone call, but even that's not hitting on the kinesthetic side of things. So at least with a Zoom date, you know, you get a little bit more of that interaction and you get to you get to fire at least two of those modalities that, you know, it's kind of important, right? Especially if they're one of your primary ones. 
And you know what? People are obviously a lot more comfortable with like a Zoom, being on a Zoom call or like a FaceTime or whatever type of video conferencing that they're accustomed to now because of COVID. Right. right? So everybody is is on, you know, some form of teleconferencing right now, be it for work or keeping in contact with family or whatever. So it's like a perfect time to continue on with that because I've always been an advocate for this type of thing. And I not only, oh my gosh, exactly what you just said in terms of, you know, responding to all of the senses, but also it saves you so much time and potentially money. Like a friend of mine, for example, he's like a really generous guy. And every time he told me his average cost of a date is like 150 to $200. Right. And so now by doing a Zoom call, if you find out really quickly that they're not for you, then you just saved yourself. That's a significant investment for every. And he was going on at least a couple of dates every week. Yeah, that, that adds up. It definitely does. Plus all you know, the time and the gas and everything else to get there. And, and then you got to do the full outfit. Right. You got to have a full out on a Zoom date. You can only go from the waist up. So as long as you got a nice shirt, yes. <laughs> get your gym shorts on. Or, or nothing, whatever you depending what floats your boat on a Zoom call, right? <laughs> it's the clothing, it's the whole, it's the whole deal. I've got two major advantages for you. You want to hear them of doing a Zoom date? Absolutely. After you tell me the two things about that are great about Zoom dating, I want to hear your best and worst online dating story. Okay, cool. Okay. So actually, the, this is going to be quick because the first one we just talked about, the advantage is that you don't have to get to meet someone in, in person and spend that money on the date and get all gussied up and spend that amount of time with somebody that it's not working out with you, for you, for whatever the reason, right? So you save yourself a lot of time and moolah, you know, mm-hmm. by doing that. And the second one is that you discover the people that have the fake profiles faster, Right. So sometimes the fake profiles is just somebody having a profile from maybe, I don't know, 10 when they were in their heyday, right? Like 10 or 20 years ago, whatever it was. But they don't look like that today. And I've been and you have too, right. We talked about that. that you've been on dates. I've been on dates where, you know, they're very nice, but they don't look like their pictures. Right. So they may be perfectly great people, but I don't trust them anymore. And I would never, you know, if you're going to be lie to me about your profile picture, I'm not, inter- I'm sorry, I'm just not interested. Maybe somebody else would be, but that's one of my deal breakers. How about for you? Yeah. I, I, you know, when it comes to, I think for women, one of the biggest complaints I've ever heard is, look, six feet tall is not five foot two. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and if you're under six feet, it's just say how tall you are. Cause that was, that was my daughter's biggest complaint is she liked tall guys. Guys would show up, at least they look tall in their profile picture. You know, maybe if they're standing next to the Barbie doll or the, you know, their old aging grandma who keeps shrinking and then she's like four, eight now, they look really big. But yeah, that was one of the biggest complaints was people misrepresent their height and then they misrepresent their weight. Then they misrepresent, well, you know, where and how they live. Because on a Zoom date now, you can see a little bit, right? I mean, you could even ask somebody, hey, listen, take your PC and walk around your house. I want to see how you live and where you live you know, what you're all about, right? And if you see in the clothes laying all over the floor and piled up and dirty dishes in the sink and, okay, it's how you do anything. It's how you do everything. Yes. So, you know, how are they showing up in real life? Yeah, I think it's a great, you know, great chance to kind of vet people, vet, vet your date before you go out and spend tons of cash on it. Yeah. Or be, a, be a bit of a detective on that. And it also spots the catfishers. Catfishing, you're aware of what that is, right, Frank? 
Yes. It's when you basically present yourself as somebody else. And they're mostly out just to get your money. They befriend you for a period of time. And then you end up sending money to them, right, after a period of time. And it's a big business. It's a full business. It's huge. Like it's over from what I read, because recently we had somebody here in Canada who it made uh, the evening news. They did a big report on it. She actually ended up committing suicide because the person had built her out of a million dollars, right? Basically her whole retirement. And at the end, because they made her believe that she was participating in this she had sent her money to this criminal group, but this terrorist group. So she was terrified. And uh, at the end, she took her own life. And on the suicide note, she chronicled everything that had happened and why she, it was a really sad situation. So there was a big investigation into it. And apparently, you know, the police force is already aware that it's like a hundred million dollar scam in North America alone. And a lot of it's coming out of places like Nigeria and other places across the world. So just be aware. So with a Zoom call or any type of, you know, video video conferencing, you can find out very fast, right, if the person. So what I do very fast, very quickly when I'm texting with some, because, you know, I'm collecting data, you guys, right, because I'm putting together a dating website. So I'm actually a member of about eight different dating websites. Just collecting data. Notice I'm doing the quote marks, by the way, for those of you who can't see. <laughs> oh, I've been on 100 dates. It's collecting data. Okay, Tina. Go ahead. I don't go on the dates. I just notice. I just notice. Anyway, so the ones that look too good to be true, they look like they're pictures, you know, mm-hmm. come out of a magazine. It just doesn't even look real. And it's always the same thing. They say they live in the most prestigious area of Montreal, and they're, but they're from the States, and they're either a mining engineer or some type of an engineer or a soldier right? Or counterintelligence person, whatever. Inevitably, when I ask for some type of video conferencing, their profiles disappear. Oh, no, of course, right? So this is why like a Zoom call, like as quickly as possible, if you have any of those types of suspicions that, uh, you know, getting on a Zoom call would be great. So those are the two major advantages. You save yourself time and money and you figure out if the person is authentic or not. And you hear their voice, you see their body language. I mean, those are beautiful indications. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And again, this is a podcast you really can't see, but you look adorable tonight, you know. I'll, I'll give everybody a visual here. Tina's got her a beautiful white shirt on, and she's got her. She looks like she's in a, a garden. It's in her house. Okay, she got a little bonsai tree behind her on the wall. The plastic <laughs> tulips. Are, oh, plastic! The plastic orchids, and then of course the big plant of weed on the outside. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> a nice little tree, and I jest, but no, you, you you've got a perfect little background on here for you. So it's a good setting. You know, if somebody was going to Zoom call you right now, they would see that you live, you know, nice surroundings and you dress well. It's a great way to get started. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you want to check off all the boxes. And you know what? Looking for love is a little bit like finding a job. If you're serious about it and you really want to have some quality people that you're interacting with, having fun with and, who, and you know, eventually being, you know, a great having a great meaningful relationship, you have to put a little bit of thought, time and thought into it. But it's it's really worthwhile because if you want to attract someone who is thinking about these types of things, who has, who is really looking for an authentic relationship, you want to be that person also. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Complete transparency. And this is how you get through it, right? 
at least cut out some of the variables and cut out the potential lies. And like you said, the catfishers, I mean, it's a safe way to do things too. There's a safety ish element that comes with meeting somebody for the first time. And it's usually in a strange place. And this takes some of that away at least, right? Yeah. You get to, get to vet the person. So tell me, what was your, uh, your worst online dating story? Yeah, so I can say it was a catfisher. I was fell in his net like 100%. So this is why I'm so attuned to this story. So it's it's someone who is supposedly here in Montreal. I mean, his pictures were just, I, that should have been my first clue, but it was just somebody that really appealed to me. So it just goes to show the superficial, right? Is you just have to be aware that, you know, they can take advantage of that. But he was a really nice looking dude. Was it the bathroom <laughs> selfie that did it? Was it the... <laughs> <laughs> no, with <laughs> the fish, the picture. With the, he, he just yeah. told you right, told you right out of the way. I'm a catfisher. Here's me with a catfish. Pay attention. <laughs> yeah, that would be a good one to look for. Look for. But no, he looked amazing in his pictures. And also, when I spoke, we did speak on the phone, and we tried to do a video call. But he said that he said his camera was it, it was trained on his oil field in Texas that it could not be used for personal purposes. So I couldn't see him on a Zoom call. Oh. Right? So I ex- And his phone as well, right? He had to survey his employees. He had another oil field somewhere. It was in Saudi Arabia or something like that. And we spoke on the phone, very well-educated, very worldly, uh, you know, spoke the language even of personal development. Like Frank, it was just like he was talking my language. You know what I mean? Sure. Uh, but so, he's, he's got oil fields, but he can't afford a third camera. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> so, you know, and then like the plot, the plot was just so sophisticated. He said there's, you know, a, a disaster that happened at one of his work sites. He had to fly there. And then he said, but when I come back, if you could fly, to, he was located in supposedly in California. When you, can you come to see me in California? And here's my itinerary. So he emails me his itinerary with his name as he presented himself, you know, and all his stopovers. So why wouldn't I believe that? You know, and he spent a fortune for that ticket because he had to go there at the last minute. And so we were going to meet in California, right? Like a month later. So he calls me from where this disaster had happened. Like the whole scenario was unbelievable. He was crying on the phone because his employees were in the hospital. He had just left the hospital. Like... It was such a drama. It was unbelievable. And why would I not believe that? You know what sure, I mean? Sure. But what I should have known, and now if I had my time back, and for anybody that's listening that has any kind of elaborate scenario like that, anybody has access to a phone. If you insist on a, on a video conference, they should be able to do it. And if they come up with all these elaborate excuses, it's probably someone who's not real. Right. So, so how did you get to... Figuring out that was, you know, this is a total scam. Good question. At a certain point, I said, is there any way I can help? I'm thinking any way I can help in terms of being somebody he could lean on and talk to or whatever. He said, well, yeah, you could help. And I said, yeah, how's that? He said, if you could send me some money because why oil field in Texas, I need further development and blah, blah, blah. I said, are you asking me for money? And he said, oh, it's just for the short term. I'll pay you back quickly. I don't know who these people are. I had just heard this TV show where this lady 
was followed by these guys and, and ended up committing suicide. So this was ringing in my head. So I said, please just do not contact me anymore. I didn't, you know, go full out mad or ballistic on him or anything. Just please don't contact me anymore. And he respected that. And I haven't heard from, well, at least that catfisher again. Maybe. Right, right. So, so that's a horrible day. That's a horrible experience. And I can see, you know, you start to believe people, you start to trust them, you start falling in for them. How easy it would be for somebody to literally take your money. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the best date. And I know it starts with the clown suit. <laughs> <laughs> we'll bring that back. Because <laughs> you were so successful in the mall, so I assume. Well, you know, the costume yeah. can be for a later time, shall we say. Okay. Yeah, yeah. that's the third date. All right. <laughs> So I would say my best one is I met somebody on Lava Life. This was a few years back and I was about to, he was about to sign off and then he saw me and then we, we started chatting. We, we chatted immediately on the phone and uh, there was just, we say in French, a complicité, you know, it's someone that you click with right away. I had to go away. Actually, I had a vacation coming up. So when I came back and we were communicating all the time, we got together very quickly afterwards and there was just immediate connection. Right. He was just a really, really nice guy. And we ended up actually in a five-year relationship. It didn't work out at the end, but uh, it was an amazing relationship for the time that it did last. So since my divorce, my most successful relationship was somebody that I did meet online. So there are a lot of really good people out there. You just, uh, sometimes you just got to be patient and the best tip that I can give you as quickly as possible, because you don't want to spend a lot of time, waste a lot of time with one person. That has kind of been my pattern in the past. If they show a certain amount of potential, if they're really nice, you figure, oh, let's try it. I have it. You know, it's been a while. I'm a little bit lonely right now. It would be nice. You're collecting you know, data. Yes, collecting <laughs> <laughs> it's okay to collect data, but not with the same person that may be getting their hopes up while you're spending time and they really seriously are interested in you. You're not doing yourself or them any favors. So as soon as you feel in your heart of hearts that it's not going to work out, really, it's a good idea to move on. And this is the thing. This is another thing. Great dating tip. Do not ghost them. A lot of people, because they think they meet someone online, that they have permission to ghost them because maybe you've been ghosted before. And you know what that's all about, right, Frank? When people just go, become like a ghost and they kind of disappear. So the idea is that you just respectfully end it as, as quickly as you feel like it's not going to work out. So the better sense that you have of what you're looking for, and if that person doesn't have it, that you just be very nice and respectful and just end it right there and just wish them all the best. And they're great people and spend a lot of fun, but it's not going to work out. Right. So, you know. Yeah. Next to apathy, I think ghosting, and that's a, a form of it, I think, you know, is probably one of the worst things that can happen. You think things are going along really well, even if they're not. Just have the decency to, you know, have a conversation with somebody and say, look, this didn't work out. Thanks for the experience and move on. But just ignoring them totally. It's, and, and unfortunately, that we live in an age right now where it's so easy to do that, right? Basically, everybody can be a keyboard warrior. And when they decide they want to stop or they decide they're done with you, they just shut you off and it's a shame sometimes because I think a lot of the just old school values, even in dating, right, are, are, are gone or they're fading. You know, that chivalry mode to hold the door and pick up the tab and open the car door. And, you know, all those things I think sometimes get lost because it's just too easy to be 
in a virtual relationship or an online dating type situation where you don't have to be, uh, we'll call it old school. And I still like a lot, a lot of the old school values. You know what? Old school should become new school. You know what I mean? And this is why Susan and I started Love in Sync because of these types of behaviors, right? Just the whole swiping culture where it feels, I feel bad when I'm, because you're judging someone in the split second because of their appearance, which is wrong, right? And this thing of fake profiles and putting up things just to make yourself more attractive. And yet it always backfires on you later. And this whole thing of ghosting, right? So the thing with Love and Sync is that we really want to discourage this kind of behavior. And we're asking everybody, you know, to do a video of themselves, a very short video. So that verifies who you are today, as opposed to, you know, pictures that you, your favorite pictures from the past. And to say something significant, something that's important to you, like when you feel most inspired in your life, something you just checked off your bucket list and stuff like that. So we have lots of things like that on the website to to make it fun and interactive and also authentic, right? And I think the new sexy is authenticity. Yeah, I do too. It, the new the new sexy is transparent. The new the new sexy is is funny, is courageous, is. Yeah. Well, maybe I'm just putting out like all my likes. You know, I like I like women that are fun, and I like women that are courageous, and I like women that like to be women, and like you know, you get to see a lot of that on a Zoom call versus just you know a picture, a photo, and a little bit of a profile. And you're right, just swiping right, swiping left. It's very based on one picture or an image, and you don't know anything about the person. I'm sure I've been swiped left a million times. (laughs) Can you get to know me? Then it's a different story. <laughs> I'm so humble. Yes. <laughs> but imagine if you had put a video up of yourself, right? Where because you're so well spoken, like somebody like you. Oh my God, so well spoken and funny. And your charm would come out in a video. You don't have to be perfect in order to do a video, but sometimes just hearing the voice of the person. And I tell you what, when you're talking about something that's close to your heart, right? And it comes out in your voice, it comes out in your hand gestures. You know, that can be the most inspiring thing. And uh, it's really not all about the looks. It really isn't. So when we're actually on a date, I think it's really important. And I don't know about you, Frank. Do you feel like sometimes when you've gone on your first date or second date or whatever, do you feel like sometimes you're being interviewed, like in the past, right? Not right now, but did you feel in the past that you felt like you were being interviewed a little bit? A little bit, yeah. I mean, but then again, I'm doing some interviewing as well. I can't say that I'm not guilty of this thing as well. You know, you want to learn as much as you can about the person. And I think, well, whoever asks the most questions controls the conversation. And if you're a good question asker and a great listener, there's an organization that I'm part of. It's called Unblinded, where they teach level five listening. And it's, it's, it's listening for these little micro distinctions about somebody. Because people will tell you all about themselves, right? Pay attention. When you go on a date with somebody and they're starting by saying, oh, I'm so jealous and I get crazy. Pay attention because that jealous and crazy, that's coming back to bite you in the ass probably three months into the relationship. Yeah. So people will tell you all about themselves. Pay attention. Plus, you know, people really do need to listen and pick up on people want to tell you about themselves. They want to tell you their unique hero story. They want to tell you what's, what's important to them. So when they talk to you, and the conversation starts with, well, my family immigrated from Iran, you know, 20 years ago, and then they talk about something else. Well, they brought it up initially because it's a big deal to them, right. and they want you to pay attention to that. So, And too many times people have their own agenda in mind, and they want to jam everything that they know or everything that they are about down your throat, 
they really don't even listen. They don't take the time to listen to the other person. And they miss. They miss an opportunity to meet somebody really great because they're just their ego gets too much in the way, I think. So shut up, listen more, and pay attention to what people are telling you. I absolutely love what you just said. And you know what else that there's that exists as well is that sometimes we come into a first date or dating in general, and we have all of our past experiences that we haven't yet dealt with, our past relationships. So if you pick up your cup in a certain way, or you say a certain thing that I associate with an ex of mine where it ended badly, all of a sudden I'm, I'm jumping into judgment mode. So I think it's really important, if you can at all, to have dealt with what had happened to you in the past and really to have learned something from that. So it's kind of like offloading it. You can offload as much as possible your past when you start meeting somebody else. And even if it isn't completely dealt with, at least if you set an intention before you go on a date, and that's, I think, another amazing tip, is that when you go on your first date, first of all, that you really take the time to kind of open up your heart, like open up your heart to this other person, not necessarily thinking they could be your future husband or wife or whatever, just open up your heart to that person and discovering about that person and using what you just said, these active listening skills to be able to pick up on the gems. And even if they do, you don't end up in a second date, at least you just had an amazing date with somebody and you really took the time to listen and give them, you know, being an active listener, picking up on the cues, like you said, and asking more questions sure. and really getting to know them because you learn the most, not by talking, but through listening, right? Through listening. Yeah. And that, that phrase, it says, trade your expectations for appreciation. Yeah. Imagine if you went on a first date and there was zero expectation. You're just going to appreciate the other person for them, for who they are, yeah. you know, and actually just enjoy them for the conversation that they're delivering, right? And the time you get to spend together. Yeah, have fun fun with that. And I think if a lot of people went into that, yes, the date would turn out a lot better. And if it didn't turn out great, well, you make a new friend. You know, maybe you make a business connection somewhere. Maybe, you know, maybe there's some some silver lining in the amount of time that you spent with them. But again, trade your expectations for appreciation. Just appreciate the person and and enjoy yourself. You know, don't be so heavy. Don't be so, uh, they got to look a certain way. You know, they have to wear a Bruins shirt and drink. Dunkin' Donuts, I'll forget it. <laughs> They'd never wear a Canadian's jersey. Oh, that would be a date breaker right there. <laughs> Canadian's jersey or Yankee's jersey. <laughs> New York Giants, too, is another jersey. Never wear. Oh. But you get the point, right, Dina? Right. It could be a lot of fun. It really could be a lot of fun, even if there are differences in cultures and differences in, you know, who you follow, your, you know, what teams you follow or whatever. That could be a source of fun, right? And of course, teams. yeah. And you want someone that you can, I don't know, at least I do. You know, that's on my bucket list. I want to have someone. I want to be with somebody who's fun. Because you know what? I don't plan fun. I love fun, but I don't plan fun. So I <laughs> <laughs> to be with somebody who would plan the fun things because yeah. I'm the analytical one. I'm the thinker. I like to, you know, take care of things at home and all of that, but I don't plan fun. So the idea is that it doesn't matter about me. The point is, is knowing who you are and maybe having an idea of who you want that complements who you are, who is not, doesn't have all of your qualities, share some important values for sure, right. but at least has talents in areas that you don't have 
Like, it's okay for me to date someone. I'm not really into watching sports, but it's okay. I really enjoy dating guys who are into sports because I learn so much. Mm-hmm. It's a fascinating feel. And then when we go out and there's a sports game on, it's fun. Well, yeah, it's, it's really, you know, getting into that whole male-female energy yes. situation. You said, you know, when you go out, you don't want to plan the fun, right? You want to be a participant in the fun. But to plan and to be organized and to direct and all, that's a very male energy. Right. Typically, not to say that women aren't, you know, women by planning and being organized and successful. That's not what I'm saying here at all. It's just a male energy. So, yes. And and you know what? Uh, Again, I get back to chivalry and I get back to old school stuff. I like to plan the date. I like to take the girl out, you know, have it all set up and make it as romantic as possible. And I love a woman that that gets into being female, into that female energy and really enjoys that and, you know, dresses the part and, likes the whole part of romance and just embraces all of that. And it just seems as if the date goes so much smoother. And again, when you can meet somebody, and I guess that's part of a Zoom call too, you can determine really quick who's the male energy in the couple and who's the female energy in the couple. And when they're, when you have a male feel energy, female energy, that's when you have a great relationship. Whether the guy's the female energy or, or, or vice versa, it doesn't matter. But that yeah. polar opposite is what, what gives you that spark. Exactly. And you know what, just to add another layer to that, I totally agree with what you say, is the thinker feeler aspect is that if you can figure out which one of those you are, and really to get the greatest expansion in life and to really have the most complete relationship, I believe it's a great idea to choose someone that you're not. So I know that I'm a thinker. So I love being I love being some with someone who's a feeler. Right. So the thinker is more analytical. Like I was in financial services for many years. Right. That's very typical teachers, engineers, you know, financial analysts, all thinkers, feelers, you know, much more creative, maybe entrepreneurs such as yourself, for example, Frank, or, you know, artists, somebody that's in a visual arts that's really creative. I so appreciate someone who's a musician, for example. That is freaking awesome because I can't do that. Right. And I love that talent. So that makes you different. That means that there's challenges, but when there's challenges and you know how to, you learn how to navigate those challenges, this is how you grow. We're not meant, to, I don't believe anyway, that we're meant to be in relationships with carbon copies of who we are. I mean, it could work, I guess, but I'm just talking about personal preferences. It's very interesting when you have contrast and complementary personalities. Well, I agree. And, you know, again, that difference, right? I think the things that you should have in common are your core values. Okay, this is what our core values are about having children, raising children, fiscal responsibility, you know, fidelity, things that are, you know, maybe religion, whatever it is that's your core, core values, core values about family, those need to be in alignment. But, you know, the fact that you like Tim Hortons and I like Duncan, oh, that's cute. That's fun, right? The fact that, you know, we have things that are, that are different. You might like country music. I'm not necessarily into that, but the difference there, right? That's what makes it exciting and dynamic and fun. So anyhow, yeah, I think that that's, that's the, the dynamic of a great relationship. And real quick, because I got to wrap up just in a little bit here, but we've been in this pandemic now, right? This COVID pandemic and we're staying at home and we're Zoom dating, right? For our listeners, what's one or two great tips for COVID dating Getting through this, because we don't know how long this is going to go on for, right? We think it's going to it's going to end soon, but you know we could have another strain of this thing, and I'm hearing that that's quite a big possibility for the fall. We're stuck back in this situation again, right? 
So if you're a if you're in the, the pandemic and you have to stay home or choose to stay home, how do you date? Right. So the Zoom dating is definitely the way to go, right? The first two or three, even four dates. So depending on where you live in the world, there's different degrees of, you know, society being opened up. And so you abide by those rules, certainly. But I'd say the first two or three dates, try to get on a Zoom or some type of video conferencing as fast as possible. And before you do, if you haven't already been into doing any Zoom calls, is just to be aware of your surroundings, make sure, you know, your dirty socks are out of the way, for example, (laughs) the dishes are off the table, you know, just try to have a decent background because it just contributes to the whole experience. Imagine if you were in a date in a restaurant and all the dirty dishes were piled behind you, that just wouldn't happen, right? Right. So think about it if you're a guy or a girl in those terms, number one. And number two, yes, you have to be concerned about your appearance from the waist up. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. <laughs> well, exactly. So, really, it's important. Your appearance is important because people generally make a quick judgment decision on you, as you know from sales, in the first seven seconds that you meet them, right? And you just want to be cognizant. So, before you get on your Zoom call, set up Zoom and see yourself in the Zoom call beforehand. Right. See what you look like. You look in the mirror. It's not necessarily exactly what you see on the Zoom call. And there's there's a way to soften your appearance. You can just look it up in Zoom if you want to. And make sure your lighting, right? Facing a window and lighting is really important. And look, if I take away my light as opposed to putting my light, you know, it does make a difference, the lighting at the same time. Sure. I highly recommend crest white strips. For those of us who drink a lot of coffee and stuff like that, like I, every couple of weeks I put on, like, why not? Exactly. Again, you get, you know, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. So make it the best one you can. Make it the best one you can. And my second tip would be to put together your love list. So at Love in Sync, we've got these things, Love in Sync, and we've got, and I know your listener can't see this. I'm showing Frank a card right now where I have the top 15 qualities of the person that I'm looking for. So to find those top 15 qualities, first of all, I have to know about myself. Sometimes when you've been in a relationship for a long time, you're on automatic pilot. So ending a relationship is a perfect time to kind of reboot, just look at yourself again in terms of who you are and create your ideal love story and look at who you are and what would really make you happy in a relationship and what are your most important values. So those would be my two top tips. Just be, you know, watch everything to do around Zoom, as well as have an idea of what you're looking for. Because I totally agree with the law of attraction, that you attract you based on what you know about yourself and who you are as a person. So if you don't know what the heck you want exactly, you'll be attracting all kinds of people. Since I put together my love list, I have to say the number of times I've been approached on online dating has gone down significantly. And I love it because I'm wasting less time. Right. So, and you've got this, you know, love list. I got my love list. Which I would love to hear about at some point. (laughs) All the details of the love list. (laughs) But no, you're a, you're, a, you're a passion coach, so I'm sure that has some parts of it, right? It's part of the, the checklist, if you will. Yeah, you get you to know. know yourself, right? Yeah. What's important to you? That's, that's the whole passion test thing. What's the most important things to you in your life right now? Right. And how do you know when you have it? That's the, that's the second yeah. question. What's most important and how do you know when you have it? Yes. I think people can rattle off all day long what's important to them, but they really can't quantify how, how they actually get it. And they don't tell their 
significant other person in a relationship, those things. And they left the, the other person in a relationship is like, well, I know love is important to you. I know relationship is important to you, but I have no clue how to deliver that to you because you have, everything I'm trying is failing. You're just not, you're not hearing it. You're not seeing it because you never defined how you experience love or appreciation or whatever it is you want in your relationship, right? Define it and articulate it. It's exactly. really yeah, make it measurable so that somebody can actually say, okay, I give you a card every week. We go on three dates a week, okay? We root for the Bruins four times a year. Like, <laughs> whatever it is that's on your love list. <laughs> Tina, I can't thank you enough for being on the show today. Love in Sync is the new website. It's coming out this week, right? Yes, it is. It is. It's love, I-N-S-Y-N-C, right, is how it's spelled. Everybody, go check it out. Put your profile up there. Have some fun with this. Tina, again, great talking with you today. I could literally, I could rap with you for hours and hours and hours. You're such an amazing human being and so much fun and so dynamic and accomplished. And really, really, you're a catch. And it's great to, it's great to talk to you. How can people get a hold of you if they want more information? Yeah, so definitely, in you know, register yourself if you're single on loveinsync.com. I can be reached also at tina at loveinsync.com if you're interested in hearing more about the website or any of our programs, because we have a love academy as well that's attached to Love in Sync. So you should check that out as well. Thank you so much, Frank. This has been a blast. I so appreciate this opportunity to, to talk to you and also your listeners. Well, thank you very much. Thank you very much. And everybody... This is a woman who is definitely the definition of orange energy. She's crushing it every day. She's, she's being successful or she is successful because she helps other people get what they want first. And that's been part of her life ever since she was in financial services. And now that's part of her life in her dating, dating apps, dating groups, her coaching programs. Uh, definitely check her out. And thanks again for being part of Orange Crushing It. Have an amazing day and stay inspiring. Thanks for listening to this episode of Orange Crushing It. Hope you're fired up to take on your week with unstoppable energy. Hey, if you like the broadcast, please subscribe. Share it with your best buds, and please write a badass review. You can also reach me at themrorange.com. Stay inspiring, all.